I'm Amanda Seals, and this is what I wore when I first got on stage as a comic. Welcome to What I Wore When, a production of Glamour and iHeartRadio. I'm your host, Perry Samerton. Each week, I'm sitting down with a woman I find fascinating to talk about what she wore during a pivotal moment in her life. We're using the power of style to tell the stories you haven't heard. There's no such thing as a woman who isn't busy. Running the world is a full-time job. But most of us do not hold advanced degrees from Columbia, perform stand-up, star on cable series, host competition shows, record weekly podcasts, and lecture across college campuses. Amanda Seals does all of this and more. You might know her as Scene Stealing Tiffany on HBO's Insecure, or the host of Bring the Funny on NBC. When we sat down, Amanda's first book was about to be released, Small Doses, Potent Truths for Everyday Use. When I met Amanda, I quickly realized that what you see is what you get. She was an honest, obviously funny, and straight-shooting person to talk to. And our conversation spanned everything from Rolex watches, why she can't bring herself to wear Nike and Adidas at the same time, to her mom's cooking, which sounds amazing, and whether real friends are real friends when they don't personally reach out to you during hard times because they think they can get it all on Instagram. Here's our conversation. Hi. Hello. <laughs> so I want to start by asking you what I ask everyone, which is what are you wearing right now? Well, I'm wearing a jacket, a coat that I call my samurai coat because it has like a Japanese aesthetic to it. Um However, it is from ASOS, so cute. it is not authentic. And I'm wearing, I'm actually wearing Zara today. Yes. Which has been hit or miss. You're repping the fast fashion. But uh, I wish I should not be repping the fast you know, fashion. No, that's the story of my life, but, but alas. Alas. And listen, I did make a choice. Like, it's the only fast fashion I do. So I feel like I downsized and was like, if you're going to do one, just do one. And then I'm wearing some very um, exciting Nikes that have a fluorescent rainbow shoelace that matches my fluorescent green turtleneck. And I just want to acknowledge that I'm very proud of myself for finding them in my closet. The sneakers? Yes, because I was literally like, I don't know if I want to wear a heel. I actually have some very nice shoes in here. Bust them out. Ooh, I see neon. Oh my God. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) But I was like, I'm doing a podcast. (laughs) These are neon yellow St. Laurent, like, killer stilettos. And I love the V-neck at the toe. Love the V at the toe. And this gives it a whole other... Love the the strap. The ankle strap gives it a whole other... But a delicate ankle strap, not a super thick one. Just a very... A touch. A touch of sexy. This is nice. These are nice. black patent leather delicate ankle strap. I'm hesitant to put them on the table. You know that superstition about shoes on the table? No. Mm -hmm. Bad luck. Give it back. Some people say new <laughs> shoes on the table, but I say shoes on the table. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. I hate seeing shoes on couches or beds in movies and television. I mean, that's just like, right, like tracking an outdoor shit, it putting it on the bed. And like, it's like movie magic. Like they forget because they're like, oh, these are like not real beds. I'm like, no. We had a scene in Insecure the other day and we, they had me like laying on a couch with shoes on. Like with like, like platform products. <laughs> Did you chime in and say this yes, is not something I would do? I was do? like, we have to remove the shoes. Were they like, oh. Yeah, they were like, 
Oh, well, you know, it's a set. So you have to find a way to say things. Can't just yell it out? No. You have to be like, um, I feel like my character mm-hmm. <laughs> would not. You have to sell that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I feel like my character would not be lying on her couch with the shoes on. And if you're lucky, they'll be like, you're right. But then sometimes you have to like do like a whole explanation. They'd be I, like, I, you're not right? Well, they'll just be like, well, what do you mean? You know, sometimes people just want to have the discussion. Right. And then you have to be like, well, you know, uh, uh, Tiffany is very, uh, she's very high class. You know, she comes from, you know, home training. <laughs> I feel like her parents would be very stick, like the kind of people with like expensive furniture. Yeah, like her parents would not be okay yeah. with her no. wearing her shoes on the bed or on the couch. No. No. And so I didn't have to do that, but I, I was ready though. I had the explanation ready. And because the name of the podcast is What I Wore When, Mm -hmm. you are going to talk about what you wore when you performed on stage doing comedy. Was it the first time? It was the first time, actually, because it was like, I've always been on stage. I mean, it feels like I've literally been on stage like my whole life. But when I did stand-up, it was different because I wasn't on stage as a host I, like, as a host, you're basically introducing everybody else's content. But as a stand-up, it's your content. Like, as a host, I don't necessarily expect everybody to listen to me, to be honest. Like, they're just, like, sticking through me to get to, to, get what, to what they want to see. Yes. So that's why you dress flashy and all that, because you're just like, see me, love me. Pay attention to me. Yes. And we should do a musical. Um, <laughs> Done. <laughs> like, and it should be all about Ethel Merman, because it's exactly what we just did. I mean, I break out of Merman, like, <laughs> once a week. No joke. Hello. Um, So I was like really conscious about the fact that I wasn't going to be on stage hosting. Like I'm going to be on stage doing stand up. And at the time, I remember like watching an episode of Last Comic Standing where there was a comic who had worn this yellow dress and she was like, basically the judges were very unhappy with her wearing this yellow dress because they said she was too sexy. They said the dress was like too distracting Mm. from her being a stand up and that it was focusing on her beauty, not her comedy. Right, I roll. And I just was like disgusted by that. But also, even if I'm disgusted by it, like it lets me know like, okay, that's where people's heads are at. So what year was this? This was 2013. I just started doing stand-up in 2013. Okay. And I was like, you know what? I need to find like a happy medium between being comfortable because the opposite of that is that you get a lot of folks who are like, screw it, I'm going to wear you know, like just a a zip up hoodie and sweats and like, that's their look, but that's not really like my look all the time. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm a tracksuit queen, Mm -hmm. but even my tracksuits are an aesthetic, you know? So it's a choice. It's a choice. It's a lot of print and it's giving you a vibe. And I decided, you know what I'm going to wear? I'm going to wear leggings. And this is like a conscious decision. Like, I'm going to make my thing that I wear leggings that are fun. And then that kind of morphed into just like fun pants, fancy pants, Mm -hmm. per se, with a plain top. And the theory being, I want to be able to still show my shape because I like my shape. And I feel like it's a part of my version of femininity. And, but yet not wear something that I feel is going to be more of a conversation about looks and aesthetic and distracting from the actual jokes. Now, to be fair, like at this point, I couldn't give a rat's ass. Like, because I'm also way more confident in my voice and in my comedy. But just in the beginning, I felt like I needed to be very conscious of that and ended up morphing into me having an extensive collection of leggings. So what was the first pair during that first comedy moment on stage? What leggings were they? They have like 
silver and black sequin like appliques. Oh, so really fancy pants. Yeah. Like I was like, I'm going to come out swinging. I'm going to come out swinging. And then, but I mean, I have all flavors. Like I have a one pair that has like all like classic rap albums as the print. I, I give you like a, a thing. I have leggings that have like ninjas riding unicorns. Love it. Do you get them custom made? No. Um, there's, I'm not even going to say the site because they don't pay me any money to say it. Fair but. enough. <laughs> But you buy them at a site. I buy them at a site. And the, the one site, site basically like gives artists the opportunity to like make money off of their prints. Okay. So you get like a wide variety. Like I have a pair that are like yellow with black like Africas on them. Mm-hmm. And those are a fan favorite. And I wore them in a <laughs> web series that I did. And like we did a scene on a train where like a train dancer like falls on me. And I say like, damn, all of my Africas. And like that became like. <laughs> so awesome. So, but it's like. It just became like this trademark thing where people would be like, oh my God, like, you know, where do you get your leggings from? Where do you get your leggings from? But they don't know that like this really just started as me trying to find a way to like find that middle ground, which I think women are always tasked. We always have this extra labor, you know, like I don't know any guys that are like before they go on stage thinking about like, do I wear the suit? Do I wear the zip up hoodie? Is the blue sweatshirt too distracting? Maybe I should wear the gray one. I don't know. This polo collar might send the wrong idea. You know, like I don't feel like they do that. So it was really kind of one of those moments where you're like, God damn it, uterus. Well, emotional labor and getting dressed go hand in hand, I think. I mean, in so many ways. Yes. I mean, I talk about it in my special, I Be Knowing, on HBO, also on Amazon, as well as iTunes right now. Shameless plug. Plug, plug, plug. Um, We are here for plugs. And I talk about it in my book, actually, another plug. But I do talk about, like, I used to really feel like I needed to, like, please people with my style choices. Like, that was, like, a real thing. Like, what is that? Like, what do you mean? Well, so, like, when I got here, when I when I graduated and I was on MTV, like, people would tell me, like, okay, now you need to start wearing heels because you're on television now. And so you need to start wearing your hair straight. You need to start wearing heels. You need to be dressing more um, in dresses and and brands, et cetera. When really all I wanted to do was wear, like, Kangol's and jeans and trucks. Look like yourself. Touche. And I really felt like I needed to, like, do this and did you do it? I did. Um... Until I just couldn't, you know, like it was just like, this is not, con- first of all, it's not comfortable, no. you know? Like, There's nothing comfortable about dresses and heels. I just don't think there is. Even like a sack dress isn't, it's still, I'd still rather be wearing pants. Yeah. Like you're doing it because you're not doing it for comfort. You're doing it for another reason. Like sometimes I'm doing it just to like show you, you know, yeah. just to like remind you. I can you clean know? up. Right. Like I'm giving you a whole face today. And I had a shoot earlier and I cleaned up. And then I, you know, put on jeans again. Where did you grow up? I grew up in L.A. and Orlando. But I think I really became like the person I am now a lot in New York. What was your style and trying to picture you? It was like a tween. I can show you a photo. What were you into? Like, what did you, what did you wear? (sighs) Where did you shop? What what were your friends into? I mean, it was all about Wet Seal and Charlotte Roos. Obviously. (laughs) I mean, come on, five seven nine. Um, five seven nine. Shit. Yeah, it was very important stuff. I didn't. I'm, yep. I'm love actually five, pretty seven, impressed nine. to find out that the girls are the girls are still at Claire's. Yes, they are. They really are. Like, I'm just like I'm hearing girls talk about like I need to go get this backpack with this water bottle, and I'm like, 
at Claire's. <laughs> okay. Like I saw like my my really good friend's daughter was like shopping for scrunchies at Claire's. At Claire's. I was like, this whole sentence is a lot for me. Shopping for scrunchies at Claire's. I didn't even know scrunchies were still a thing. They're a thing. I had, I just, I mean, everything's cyclical, right? In fashion. Yeah. So I was all about that. And I was wearing a platform sneaker. I was I was into a platform sneaker. Love I was a platform. short. I was very short. Like I was five zero. I was like four nine in junior year. Really? And then I had a growth spurt over the summer and I was five I was a big five zero. And then I told people though I I I really was very serious about being five six. I told everybody, like, doubt me now, but I will make it to five six. Are you five six? Yes, I am. Wow. I willed it. So that was like a pretty it's a big leap. That's a leap. Yeah. And I told Damn, them I, I wish have, I had that leap. I, I used told to them stuff I have my some shoes. boobs and my five six because I had nothing. I was flat chested in fifteen for like a long time. And then <laughs> <laughs> and then I but I willed myself because I was a gymnast. So I always knew like it was tucked away in there. You're a gymnast. I was a gymnast and I knew like when I get when I get free from these these chalk buckets. Wait, did the gymnastics play into how you dress? So the gymnastics aesthetic is that we don't know how to dress. Right. Because we're in leotards all, all time. day. So like any gymnasts, like when you see them in like regular clothes, they always look kind of like, we, like it doesn't look like it fits right. Yeah. They have no swag. When you see them in a leotard though, you're like, okay. Mm-hmm. And our leotard game is very serious. I got to the point where I learned how to make my own leotards because it was like, I need, I can't. I need to keep up with these chicks and I, I don't have the money. So we got to figure out a more, a more economical way of doing this. <laughs> so I just learned how to make my own leotards. How? Um, a friend of mine's mom made leotards. So I had her teach me. Okay. And then my mom bought me a serger because it was cheaper to just buy the serger than just keep mm-hmm. buying leotards. Do you ever make clothes now? Would Not you know anymore. how? Would you even know how? I think if I had to, I mean, I'm a very, if I have to. Kind of person. And that's a wide range. Like if I had to like make a dress, I could make it. If I had to save us from a zombie apocalypse, I think I could do you it. You could do it. Yeah. I'd like to think, because I do like to think I'm Jason Bourne. And I feel like Jason Bourne could do all of those things. He definitely could sew a leotard. <laughs> <laughs> like whatever. Right. And you wouldn't even know. He'd be like, oh my God, what am I doing? What am I doing? So I definitely uh, have had to like hem, hem things on the fly. Like I had a gorgeous like... Um, blazer dress that I wanted to wear when I came out here and I realized that, like it was too small but that I could sew a button on it and make it work but I didn't have time um, but when I get back that's the sewing project that I'll be doing so like I can still so like I sewed our podium covers for our show Smart Funny and Black did you? <laughs> I sewed our cape our, we, like, we had a first cape before we had like an official one but we have like a cape that we crown our winner with I sewed that I'm a crafty broad I feel like everyone artistic is can dabble. Can, can dabble. Yeah. There's like, always a little a little thing in it. Even if it's not like crafts, I feel like maybe theirs is like in the version of like cooking. Or exactly. Something that like will ease your mind. I just always feel like crafts are very anxiety. To, like when I have anxiety, I'll bead. You know what I mean? Ooh. Like I'll string some beads on a thing. It just helps me calm down. Like not I, like good at it, but it's just like something I do. Yeah. Like I have a cross stitch, you know, laying around. Yeah. Do a lanyard, uh, cobra stitch, whatever. Uh, like shout out lanyard. to like day camp when I used to do lanyards. I was like showing my assistant lanyards and she was looking at me just with shock and a little bit of horror. Like, so you guys were like doing this? You're like, like yeah, no, like time? this is all I did. Like I spent a lot of summers just yes. sitting on my bed cross-legged making lanyards. Like there were no iPads. Like, like plastic, like yeah, spools. neon spools, 
Mm-hmm. And I would just hand them out. My yeah. mom would be like, here's a lanyard. And my mom would be like, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't need this. I'm like, I learned how to make a Chinese staircase. I learned how to make a Chinese staircase. I could never do the Chinese staircase. It was too hard. I wasn't coordinated enough. <laughs> you just triggered me. The, I could barely get the cobra. The Chinese staircase was the cool one, but no, I could never get that. I was very I tried the one thing that I like cannot do. There's two crafts that I cannot do that just really still get my goat. What? Throwing pots. Okay. Like pottery. Like, yeah, yeah. And origami. Origami is hard work. Like, and I just feel like the instructions are never as clear as I need them to be. No, they're like ridiculously abstract. Complex. Abstract is the word. They're, they're skipping abstract. steps. I'm like, wait, 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 no, no. How'd that happen? And it's just like assumed that I would have known. But I'm always attracted to color. And so when I see the origami paper yes. in like neons yes. or um, like gradients. Yes. And then they like, have like the golds and like the silvers. Now, as an adult, like, do you like to shop? Oh, yeah. I mean, I told people, I was like, don't ever let me get money. Are you a I'm good shopper? I'll dress all of you. Um, I think I'm a very good shopper because I kind of, well, I'm very fortunate to have a frame that allows me to online shop. So mm-hmm. I don't have to like try a lot of things mm-hmm. on. So I'm very lucky to like kind of have a generic. And your keep rate is high, like your non-return That's rate. That's what I mean. Like I have a yeah. high keep rate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I really, because I also think I can, I can gauge, but I'm getting better. Like I'm getting better at being able to pick pieces versus just like. Acquiring for sport, mm-hmm. which is what I do. <laughs> like more, more, right. more. But then you have like sales, like, you know, I'm, I'm good with a sale. I'm very patient. I'm very patient. I can scroll for hours. Oh, me too. And then, because what happens is you'll do like 10 thumb scrolls and you're like, there wouldn't, there, there can't be anything else. And then you do one there more always and you're is. like. No, there always is. But alas, mm-hmm. I never would have seen this yep. if I hadn't done one more scroll. Now I must scroll longer. Where do you like to shop? Where do I like to shop? Um, I'm a Gucci girl. Mm-hmm. When it comes to shoes, I'm I'm pretty just. Uh, Are you a Gucci girl with your accessories, or do you love the clothes too? More shoes. Shoes, yeah, the shoes are. I only recently got to like a an actual like pay grade where I could buy Gucci clothes and not feel ridiculous. Actually, I was going to ask you because I've been asking everyone this question and it's my favorite one to ask. But like when you started making a little bit of money, realizing like, oh shit, I have like some money. Disposable income. Yeah. Like I have a little bit of money. Like what was your purchase? I purchased a pair of aqua Gucci heels that had like pink lip kisses at the like toe and a gold ankle strap. When was this? This was for my birthday, 2016. So like I'm new in the game. I'm still spending rapper money. Mm -hmm. Like this is, you know, like when rappers get some money, they're like, I'm buying this car. I'm buying this house. I'm buying this gold chain. So basically everything I buy is just like another gold chain. Mm -hmm. Like I bought a Rolex this year. Do I need a Rolex? No, but I'm a rapper. No, but like, yeah. (laughs) Why wouldn't you buy Rolex? So I'm in a first world situation. Were I not, mm-hmm. I would operate differently, you know? And uh, and I will get over this. That's the other thing. My ex always said that. He's like, you know when people got to get worried about you? When you stop caring about this shit. <laughs> right. Because that's when you're going to be a fucking problem. Is there anything that pisses you off about fashion? Lack of diversity on the runway. Mm-hmm. Dolce & Gabbana being racist. And there I can't are, wear yeah, their I mean, shit. that's a... And you're just like... Story and a half. Yes, that's a whole... Stop being racist so I can wear these shoes that I have. And they're just in the box. And they're gorgeous. Sell them. I should sell them. Consign them. Consign, Consign them that shit. Are you kidding me? Real. 
You're so right. I've never gotten to wear them. Mm-hmm. Oh Brand God. new, new, or you can do it on eBay. W NWT, new with tags. New with tags. When I sell my shit on eBay, I was like NWT. NWT. I'm still using it, not to be confused with NWA. But not very different. <laughs> very, different. <laughs> very different. I'm definitely going to do that. I mean, I. Uh, what else annoys me with fashion? I'm just very annoyed that I don't have the courage yet to wear Nike sneakers with an Adidas suit. Mm. I just feel like I'm very attached to like (laughs) other people's (laughs) ideals when it comes to that. And I don't know why I can't. I've tried it and I felt a way about it all day. And I'm like, Amanda, what the hell? Like, this is not that deep. It's the hip hop in me. The hip hop in me is just like, this isn't how it works. Yeah, it's like a sartorial diss track, right? Or something. Yeah. A sartorial diss track. I got you. Wow. I feel you. I'm using that multiple times within the next week. You know what? That's a sartorial diss track and I Just use it. can't abide it. But no, I. Um, what else annoys me about fashion? The sample style, sample sizes are for people who like are not actually like the, like even close to a normal size. So I feel like there should be various sample sizes because like normal is not a real thing. Right. You know, like, so sometimes I'll try on stuff and I'm like, who fits this? Because mm-hmm. it's not even like, because it'll be like really long and then really small. And I'm like, the ratio of individuals that could fit this is so small. And it's surprising to me that they haven't changed that yet because they've changed the definition of nude. When you say, oh, it's a nude stocking or it's a nude heel, because that was so limiting because nude, obviously. Just meant like white. Pale, right. Mm-hmm. And so now mindful labels are not saying that they'll say like say? i think some say flesh toned like oh. whatever your flesh is skin tone flesh tone fine okay. whatever but nude is just such a weird pejorative phrase but oh i feel God, like I'm your surprised. vocabulary is fabulous thanks pejorative sartorial keep it coming keep it coming someone um once told me that that's the most important um thing about being an adult is having a good vocabulary well i agree but I also try not to break out. Like, I hate when people use words that I truly don't know what they mean because I'm like, I'm not looking it up. Like, I'm not. I'm just like, <laughs> and I always will be like, what does that mean? But that, but that's fine. What does that mean? Like, Professor Cornell West speaks in all multisyllabic words that are like, like literally like quadruple syllabic words. And but I'm he's just not like, showing off. He's like, he's, he, yes, he is. Fine. Okay, fine. It's a sartorial diss track. It's a sartorial diss track. Because I'm exactly. like, bro, stop trying to make us all feel like we don't know what you're saying. Like, right. And he succeeds in that. He succeeds. All just, smart people do, but. But it's so smart that it's like, was it smart to speak this smart to people who don't hear your point? <laughs> Because, like, if we didn't get it, was there any... You could have just said this to yourself in the mirror. And I'm like... And sometimes I'm just like, are these real words? Like, are they? With small doses. Like, I think that what I like about this project, what I like about this book, is that if you're reading it, you can hear me speaking. And I think as a writer, that is a hard thing to achieve. Like, it's it's kind of tough to get to that place where it feels authentically you and not like you transcribed it, not like Siri transcribed it, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, as an academic, it's also difficult to like meld the two worlds of like being an academic and like writing things that are like, this is intellectual. Did you get really good grades in school? Yeah. yeah. You did? Yeah, yeah, I did. I was a really big fan of school. Yeah. Do you miss it? I'm actually taking a screenwriting class right now. Are you? So yeah. you have your you have your like education box checked a little yeah. bit. Like and to be honest, or formal education. You know what the best part of it is? 
I took one course, like I literally took one class in the course and then I had to do some pitch meetings and I could feel the difference immediately in the pitch meetings that I took after I had taken the first class and the and before. Like my vocabulary in literally just one class had just like grown in terms of how to describe my show and how to like, I was so, I was like, this is the best money I spent in a long time. I created my major in, co- in undergrad. They didn't have a black studies major, so I made one up. You were aware of SUNY Purchase? SUNY Purchase for undergrad. And then I went to Columbia for grad and I was African-American studies major. And people would be like, what are you going to do with that? I'm like, I don't even really know, but this is what I like. Mm-hmm. So I'm rather pay to learn what I like than to learn something. Because all of my bosses at The Gap were poli-sci majors. And I was like, <laughs> as far as I'm, con- as far as I know, like... There's not a lot of political science happening with the folding of these jeans. No. Um, so, like, I just knew. But then, like, you know, when you ask people, it's like, I just majored in something that I could finish, you know, or I majored in something that would, like, make my parents proud or et cetera. And I just was like, I need to major in something that I actually have a passion about. And then I know that I'll figure it out. And so that's what's happened. Like, I speak in an authentically black woman's voice on a regular basis. I speak very passionately about black issues. And I speak very, like realistically about the past, present, and the future because I have an education of course, in the past, present, enough to be able to, you know, speak on the future. I'm also low-key psychic, so I'd be knowing right. about the future. <laughs> so, and I know, and I feel like I know about the future partially because I'm psychic, but also because it's all trends. It's all trends, right. And you pay attention and in school and you are able to Listen, probably speak to things with confidence. But no, girls school's are good. buying scrunchies at Claire's. It's all trends. rich. I grew up like my mother was a hard worker and so I didn't have to want for anything, but I was I was able to visibly see what was needed in order for me to have things, right? And what would need to be done, I should say, in order for me to have things. And then when I got on MTV in 2004, I had a year of having money and I was like, oh, I'm going to buy all the coach bags because at the time that was <laughs> oh the my thing, God, honey. Yes. And then I like you know, I got laid off and I didn't have money from 2005 to 2015. But you had a shit ton of coach bags. I really did. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I rode those out. I really did. Do you feel like that experience of getting laid off has like given you pause ever? Like, because every everything is so fickle, right? Like every industry, like, sure, you're on like a hit show and you have this great career. Way. Of course it can. Anything can. Like, do you ever think, think that way though? I don't, but I'm starting to, like, as I get older a little bit, but I'm still not good at it. But do you ever think like that? Like, okay, this could end tomorrow. Maybe I should put more money in the Roth IRA or whatever the hell. I think that way to an extent. I mean, I think in general, it's less of a thing that sparks anxiety and more of a thing that makes me say, like, wheels fall off. Like I would be less inclined to put something in the RA because things are going to end tomorrow. I'm more inclined to be like, so you better spend that shit because you might lose you it. You might lose you know? it, right. So live it up. Yeah. Um, you know, because I live in a, I, I mean, I'm, I'm in a town and I'm in a business that is so fickle that's based on like who likes you and who doesn't and, you know, needs that have nothing to do with your talent. And it could all go away any day. That's why I love being a comic, right? You live in LA, right? Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. So Hollywood, um, 
just I know that nothing is mine in that town unless it actually is mine. Like my show, Smart, Funny and Black is mine. My book is mine. And that's why I think it's so imperative that I, when I'm given pause like that, it's it doesn't make me say, let me like put money away or let me like be more political about like, you know, how I move in this space. What it makes me say is, let me be more independent about how I create in this space so I can make sure that like I'm only having to depend on other people's yeses to a certain extent. I want to always have the power to create my own yeses. I feel like that's how everyone should be operating. I I truly believe that we all have everything we need within ourselves to like get to where we're going. Unfortunately, like some of us are facing like way more trauma than others. Some of us are dealing with way more loss, you know, we're dealing with physical issues, et cetera. But like, I don't know, I maybe be a cockeyed optimist, but I just be feeling like it's in you. Like it's in you. It's just sometimes you just need a little help. You need a little another presence. You need um, some art, you know. And I think that we don't necessarily have enough compassion with each other in those spaces. I'm not saying I'm perfect at it, but it's like I try with this book and I try with my podcast and I just try with even my interviews to just like encourage folks to like dig deeper. Like it's in there, you know, and sometimes it means like you have to go on meds you know, and you hate meds, but it may be like the thing you got to do for yourself to get to where you need to go to to get to that place that you can't get to. Sometimes it may be that you need to change professions. It may be that you need to leave that person that you're with, that you're codependent on, et cetera, et cetera. Like it may be a very, very hard decision. It may be that you have to leave that city or move out of your mama house. I feel like everyone knows that. I do. I feel like deep down, you know, it's just taking that leap, right? Saying, you know what, I don't want to, in my head, I don't want to be that person on meds. I never thought I would be on meds. And then it's like, I'm just going to do it or I'm going to move. I'm going to break up with you and move out of your apartment. Like it's something that you know, you know, you You know, you know, know. people always ask me for advice. And my response to them is always like, what do you think you need to do? Of course, it sounds like you're putting it back on them and it's some like bullshit, but that's true. Everyone knows. I find that as I get older, my gut is everything, everything. Like I listen to it. You know, people don't, people don't want advice. They want permission. Like when people ask me for advice, I'm like, mm. people be in my DMs asking me all type of crazy shit. Do you answer your DMs? Yeah, a lot of times. I mean, I pick and choose. Mm-hmm. And some days, to be perfectly honest, I don't have the emotional capacity for other people's problems. Um, some days I do. Do you take like Instagram breaks ever? Do you unplug or no? I did earlier this year because people really come at me on Instagram. Do they? Yeah. What do they come at you for? I tell the truth. And why? It bothers them. Yeah. Why? People comment. What do they come at you for? People comment, not because they don't like it, but because, remember we talked about permission? Mm -hmm. They know they shouldn't like it. Right. And I am touching a part of them that is uncomfortable. And I had to get all way down deep in there. And so they feel, on one hand, I feel like they're like, how dare you go deep into my soul like that? I didn't give you permission to come in here. So then they have to like deflect, 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 deflect. I mean, come on, we've all dated men. Like these are like, and this is like just the general public. Like when you say something that triggers people to have to face themselves, like they'd rather face you. So, and then people don't listen. Like the reality is like we live in a world now where people are way more interested in how you speak to them and than what you're actually saying. So I did take a break. And what I've actually recently did as of today is I hid my stories from my good friends because I have friends. I had a situation happen recently that was like very like 
frustrating, annoying, humili- humiliating. And I spoke about it on my Instagram. And the amount of people that I consider to be like very close to me who just didn't feel the need to address it. And then when I saw them and I addressed it, we're like, oh yeah, I saw that. So what happened? It was like, okay, so you're not my friend. But then I like legit believed them when they were like, you know what? Like, it was almost as if I was like watching a TV show. And I'm like, wait, what? Now that's fine for people who don't know me. But like, because that's essentially like what the medium is, right? Like you're getting a glimpse into my life. But if you like know me and you still feel like when you're watching me on Instagram, you're watching like a TV show, that's trippy and fucking weird. And now you don't get to see my Instagram anymore. And I had a homeboy earlier this year when I took my break. He was like, I realized during your break that I didn't know how you were doing and that I needed to call you. I mean, that's like right there. That (laughs) distills the problem, I think, with like our reliance on social media in general. Like, it's probably not so much that they're not being good friends, but it's more like, why would I need to, like, check in with you when I know that you're going to be posting all this shit all yeah. all day? Like, I already know everything that's going on. It's like, like, my homeboy was like, oh, I saw you on the reel and you were just like, fine. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to be on there, like, like telling in my shambles. Like, right. Yeah, like, that's not what I'm doing there. And he was like, yo, like, you're making so much sense right now. And it's like tripping me out that I didn't put this together myself being like hey genie my let me tell you yeah, all about what it what happened you know it's <laughs> like no so i uh yeah i i i've like and they, and i didn't tell them by the way you didn't i didn't tell any of my friends like that they have been hidden so they don't story. know no they don't know because what's going to end up happening they're just like wow you're not really posting a lot lately and they're going to hit me and be like how are you doing i haven't seen you on instagram i'm gonna be like let me tell you why this is why you're hidden you're hidden because it's gotten in the way of our friendship and i'm not having it do you ever use instagram for like do you find it inspiring ever? Like, yes. do you find it inspiring style wise, beauty wise? Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. I mean, Shiona is uh, Shiona T. That's her Instagram. She's our stylist on Insecure. She was in my world. She was an editor for yes. years. I you know I see her in her crop tops she, and street style listen. since I started out. She, I can't believe she's, she's had such an interesting career. I feel like she's awesome. Well, you know, we're, we're West Indian. When you're from the Caribbean, you're just like, let me have every job that's possible. And I think Shiona is just like a very genuine, authentic person. And that's what I love about her. And what I love about her style is like it, it reflects that. Melina, who is one of the executive producers on Instagram, she's also always giving you a, a, an inspiration. There's been many a time I've looked at Melina's page and been like, damn it. <sighs> I didn't think of that. <laughs> totally. So, you know, there's that. And, and I'm not going to lie, like... It is inspiring to like put up something that I like put myself in and have people be like, oh, I love this. I'm like, I dressed myself. You know, like that happened like twice in the last week, like in the last two weeks, like not to brag or whatever. But like, you know, it lets me know like I'm like, I've always loved fashion, but I never felt like I knew how to do. I never felt like I truly knew how to make my clothes feel like I feel inside like to make my outer match my inner. And I talk about that in an essay in the book about like having to like find my, cause that's what style is, right? Like style is like your outside matching your inside. And some people just don't care, you know, like they're, they're like, I'm a chill person. And so my style is chill. And like, that's where we're at. But I'm like a very vibrant, like, you know, unique, like I'm. Neon St. Laurent shoes, for example. Neon St. Laurent shoes. Yes. Like, and I'm almost eccentric, like almost. I've, I'm, 
I would be eccentric. I, I think if I got one more cat, you could call me eccentric. I was going to say, it's either a cat or like... Just gratuitous birds. You need like 40 to 50 more years on mm. you. Just like, yes. How do you scarves. think you'll be dressing in like 50 years? Oh, I'm giving you um, Felicia Rashad. I'm giving you a big pearl. A scarf know, for two. A, a scarf. A palazzo pant. Yes, a palazzo pant with, you know, a Hermes a tunic. scarf. Uh, uh, definitely an Hermes scarf. Yeah, you got even a tunic, a caftan... You know, I'm giving, I'm still giving you like white nail polish, but people have always asked me stuff like, like, what's your goal? Like, what are your, what's your like plan? What's your dream? And for me, it's always like options. I just like having like variety of options. So like I, the real part about like being able to like dress now is like being able to like move between different worlds. And like, whenever I want to be glam, I can go there. So you're not a minimalist. Not in your aesthetic, but in your, like in the way you consume. Mm -mm. You're not. Because like options, you can't. You're not, if you're an options girl, you're not a minimalist. Like I have six types of toothpaste. <laughs> you're, you're an options girl. <laughs> to go back to the what I wore when moment, do you feel like the approach to women in comedy and how they look has improved. You know what? Maybe it hasn't improved, but we just care less. Right, right. <laughs> like, I just feel like in like a very short amount of time, like women started just being like, whatever. We don't give up. Yeah. And I think that's by the nature of like the success of, you know, a, a, a gamut of women, right? Like from Amy Schumer to Ali Wong to Tiffany Haddish to myself. Like, you know, there's just, we're seeing a more like range of different types of women that are doing stand-up and, and that are being given like major platforms. Women have always been doing stand-up and have always been hilarious, but we haven't always been given shine. Um, and so I feel like right now there's just a lot more of an egregious like pursuit of that from us. And I think we're breaking down doors and in and doing so it's also helping break down like the feel, the need to feel like you have to conform to this like male version of what is right for women. Like if I decided that I wanted to be a stand up comic tomorrow, mm-hmm. do you think that I would get told how to dress? You think somebody would yeah. somebody would tell yeah. somebody would give me unsolicited advice of on course. what I should be wearing. But you would feel more compelled to be like, go fuck yourself. Right. Than in the past where you'd feel like, well, I guess I gotta listen because, you know, they probably know better than me. Like Yamanika Saunders, like she'd be wearing whatever. You know, and she's like, I dare you. Cause the thing is, is that as long as it's not to me, as long as what you're wearing is not what's making you funny. We don't got a problem. Right. Your clothes aren't the joke or but, part of the joke. Yeah. It's separate. I just feel like sometimes like we are, we're, we we think that we have to like do things to make other people comfortable more than ourselves. A lot of times we do that. How do you get over that? I think you just have to gauge like what's the play here? Like some, for instance, like in relationships, sometimes you're going to have to do some shit you don't feel like doing that's going to make the other person feel good. Like, and you have to gauge like, does it, is it questioning your inter- well, integrity? Being a human, right? Yeah, like compromise. being a human, compromise, like being selfless, but then like I'm at an age now, like I'm 38. I'm not staying places I don't want to be at. I will Irish exit in a second, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And I think it's really just about like learning how to, and we talk about this in the book, just like learning how to communicate your feelings in a way that gets you the outcome that you want without adding extra shit on top of it. You know, that's, that's why like so many women do so much work to quote unquote, not look crazy 
Like we do so much heavy lifting to not, to quote unquote, not look not crazy. Not look crazy. In That's situations. like our worst nightmare. I'm yes. doing that in quotes, but like it is sort of you like know? looking crazy is like. And so that's why, like, when you express your feelings and someone's like, that's not what it is. You're just like, I did this in like a very mature manner. And now you're telling me I'm crazy. So now I'm just going to get crazy. And that's how phones get broken. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. (laughs) I know exactly what you mean. Do you work with a stylist? I do. Brian Javar. Brian has changed my whole shit up. Because Brian has made me more adventurous and made me see like different silhouettes that I like never would even consider. And he's really kind of opened my concept of what is quote unquote Amanda. Mm -hmm. Like I think I had a very kind of narrow view of like what is Amanda in terms of like my fashion sense. And he's really like added a lot more direction. Or what's an example of something he put you in that you're like, wow, this is Amanda. I did not think this was Amanda before him. The first time that I ever believed, like, okay, was I did a shoot. I was coming out here to, like, speak at something, and he put me in, like, a, like a flo- like an angle-length green and white polka dot dress with, like, a puffy sleeve. And I was like, what is this Anne of Green Gables <laughs> ensemble? And I took a picture in that dress and it was like, I got like 42,000 likes on just like a picture of me in a dress. And I was like, wait, is this, is this me? You're like, this is me. Yeah. And he was like, I told you. And then Emmy's last year, like the HBO Emmy party, like I was in this like Marc Jacobs, like gold and sequin number, gold and silver sequin number that when I saw on the rack, I was just like, I could never. He was like, but you will. And you did. And I did. So now, like, it's rare that he'll have an idea about something and I'll be like, eh. I'll try everything. And what about your character on Insecure? Do you ever get a say in what she wears, what Tiffany now wears? Now we do. Now we do. What I really love about Shiona is Shiona is collaborative with us. Like, she does have her vision. Like, she's very much like, I think this would be a maze. I love this. And Issa does approve, like, every look. So sometimes, like, yeah. So sometimes, like, Shiona will have a vision about something and Issa may be like, eh, that's not really, like, what I'm thinking about that. But as, like, performers, I know that, like, when I go into a fitting with Shiona, like, I don't have to, like, suck it up. Like, I can just say, like, not really feeling this. And she might be like, but I like it. And then we'll be like, great. But I don't. <laughs> like, Let's go from there. Yeah. Like, yeah. And we'll find, you know, and we'll find, or she'll, if I say I don't like it, she'll be like, why? Right. You know? And so even that level of just like interest in, you know, understanding also helps for like the next episode, right? So she'll know like she doesn't like an empire waist. Right. I'm not going to keep buying her empire waist dresses mm-hmm. or, you know, like I'm somebody who I like, um especially as Tiffany, I like a chunky heel because she always wears a heel. So like I like a heel. That she's I a heel can, girl. Yeah, she's a heel girl. So I like a heel that I can last in, you know, because I know what it's going to take for me to be shooting. Like mm-hmm. I know this. And I like a I like a sleeve because I get cold and we're on these sets, you know, and we're outside and stuff. So like when we shot the Coachella episode, if my dress didn't have long sleeves, I would have died, guys. I would have died of hypothermia. We were outside like in a field overnight, in Ventura, it was 40 degrees and we're dressed like we're at Coachella. Right. I, oh my God. I just remember Yvonne like overhearing her be like, 
you you prayed for this. You prayed for this. This is my dream. <laughs> oh my God. This is my dream. Yes. You prayed for this. You prayed for this. And it was like, I hear you, girl. You're like, I did not pray to be freezing in a field. And then like Natasha had to like have water on her because she like pees herself in the yeah, episode. Yeah, so I remember. And like she like, it was just like. I love that episode. I just remember being like, I'm so glad I'm pregnant because this belly is really keeping me warm. Keeping you warm. <laughs> I want to do a quick speed round before you go. I love a speed round. Okay, what was the last thing you bought? Like, last thing you swiped your credit card on? Anything. The last thing I swiped my credit card on was C's uh, Peanut Brittle. Yes. What was your first concert? Uh, Smokey Robinson when I was six years old. Where? At the Forum in LA. How do you fall asleep at night? I sleep like a princess. Like, I literally sleep with, like, my hands... <laughs> In, like the, in the prayer, in the prayer position. position, like in my cheek, on my hands. Are you good? Are you able to just? I'm a great sleeper. I'm very fortunate. Do you have any rituals? Do you watch an episode of something? Do you play a song? No. Shut it down. Shut it down. Dark, dark room. Shut it down. Dark room. Actually, no. Like my house has kind of like a lot of French doors. Mm-hmm. So and like I leave like the porch lights on. I can kind of sleep anywhere. Like literally, like the makeup artist did my makeup the other day when I was full asleep and insecure. Like I woke up and I couldn't open my eyes because of the lashes. <laughs> like, What's your favorite TV show of all time? My favorite TV show of all time would be Seinfeld in a different world. What's your last meal on earth? My last meal on earth would be anything cooked by my mom. Oh, what was yeah. your favorite? Or what is your favorite? Ever so often I would be like, well, so, you know, we're not from, my mother is not from America. So like there's certain stuff that just doesn't like cross over. So like Mm -hmm. at least once a month I was given a full Thanksgiving dinner. Oh my God. Like stuffing? Yes. Like at least once a month, like a full cran sauce, stuffing, macaroni, yams, like two two types of meat. Like, but in like one serving. What? Like that's the part of it that's wild. Like how did you make, because it's just me and her. Like how did you only make enough for two people? Yeah. Okay. So I would say that, or my mom would just ever so often show up with a lobster tail. Ooh. Yeah. Like she just hits you with a lobster tail and like a fully loaded baked potato. And you're like. She's an icon showing up with a lobster tail. People know about my mother. My mother with meals at the house and lunches. Like for people's birthdays in high school, I would just give them a lunch packed by my mother. It was known, a netty lunch. That's amazing. Oh my God, I got a netty lunch. Like that was a thing. Instead of giving them like a rose that was popular when I was in high school and it was someone's birthday. Here's a rose. A a balloon. Like no, you got a netty lunch and it was a big deal. I mean, that sounds... Because my mom would pack a lunch in like a gallon plastic bag, like a gallon-sized plastic bag, and it would just be so much snack. My mom is a snack queen, and so at one point I had to be like, can you give me sustenance in the lunch? (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of snacks happening in here, and because my mom loves like little things. My mom loves tchotchkes, so there were, you know, any like little cute container. Remember they made like a goldfish container that's shaped like as a goldfish? Oh my God, my mother was like... You had it. You had it. Yeah. All the accoutrements. All the accoutrements, like... My mom still buys Happy Meals for the toys. For the toys. Yes. <laughs> All for the toys. Like my mom made a Christmas wreath like d- adorned with like Happy Meal toys. I remember walking up to the house just like, like what is this? Who is this? And what era do you think you identify with most style-wise? I'm a 90s gal, man. You're going to say that? You did? Yeah. I'm a 90s gal. Like I'm really glad it came back around. Me too. I'm a 90s gal. And I think for a lot of people, they're like, what does that even mean? Like, what is 90s? And it's just like, it's space. 
it's like it's still bright colors because the 80s bled over, you know, but it's funky. It's funky. It's not rad. No, it's funky. It's funky. And there's like a little grunge in there and like a, there's a chunky boot. There's a chunky boot. There's, there's chunky like heel. my 90s, my go to 90s outfit in the 90s I was in high school it was a long skirt with a hoodie and sneakers. But I thought it was like dancer like and cool. I'm trying to find trying a, to be a picture, picture for you because I was the queen of the long skirt in high school. Long like it was skirt very with serious. a hoodie, long skirt with a baseball cap, like anything I can do with a long skirt and sneakers I thought was very cool. That was my entire oh my God, aesthetic. Yes! A long a long skirt, like you can't ah oh, you can't see it in this picture, but like I had every my mom would come home with like four long skirt like I remember Wet Seal got into the long skirt game yes, heavy. like straight ones. Yes. Not prairie. No. Like a tight, straight, long skirt. Tight, straight, long skirt. And I thought it looked like so dope with a hoodie. Side, like, it's always a slit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Some stitching. Yep. And I would wear it either with a little shrunken hoodie or a zip up Stussy. Yes. I had a Stussy hoodie. Of course you did. Of course I did. Of course did. you did. Platform sneakers. That was it. Yeah. That was my whole shebang. I know. Okay. I was giving you that every day. I was giving you a choker. Mm-hmm. I still love a choker. I love a choker. I love a gratuitous hat. Um, like I have a Hillary Banks. I have like a red hat that's called my Hillary Banks hat. Like every time I wear it. Does I'm the rim like, flip up? Yes. Yep. Yeah, like I love a good shade. Like I love a good gla- like a, a good sunglass. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say the 90s, yeah. Because like the 80s is a little too extreme. It's super extreme. Yeah. Yeah, the 90s is just cool. It's just cool. Like you, Amanda. Oh, thanks. Thank you so much. Thank you. This was fun. What I Wore When is a production of Glamour and iHeartRadio with new episodes dropping every Monday. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm your host, Glamour Digital Director, Perry Samatin. Follow me on Instagram at Perry Samatin, P-E-R-R-I-E-S-A-M-O-T-I-N. Our executive producer is Allie Perry, and our producers are Glamour's Kim Fasaro and iHeart's JJ Posway. What I Wore When is engineered by Emily Marinoff and Derek Clements. Special thanks to Julie Shen and Deanna Buckman at Condé Nast. For more information on today's episode, go to glamour.com slash what I wore when. 